Hello, and welcome to another episode of Scions of the Southland. As always, my name is Akshay Schwarin, and joining me uh, from the beautiful city of Atlanta, Georgia, is none other than Mr. Jake Grant. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm doing fine. Um, you know, long, long day at the television, I guess. Oh, yes. And if you can't tell from my voice, we are uh, a little bit exhausted from the marathon that was Georgia Tech women's basketball's first NCAA tournament game uh, today, earlier today. Uh, there was also a lot of other stuff going on in and around the flats this weekend, wasn't there? That there was um, so much that I was uh, I was missing stuff, man. I came back to see we beat Syracuse in volleyball. Um, I felt bad about that. That's a pretty big win off the top. Yes, but we will get to that. But since there, you know, there was so much stuff, we need to give everything it's due. But we still got to do it in our usual, you know, thirty-minute time slot. So how about you say we get started? Sure. All right, here we go. Let's start at the top. Instead of volleyball, let's start with cross country, who is at, I believe, NCAA championships this past weekend. That they were. Um, this is the first we've seen them in the spring, and it was definitely, uh, well, it was nice to see them finally get their uh, day in the sun. You know, this is, this is something that they've been sitting on since the fall, having a great, uh, great fall season, but they were finally able to lace it up and run. Yeah, and I have on the show notes here that you said they had their best ever finish at 20th place uh, in the tournament. Meet tournament? It, you know, running Race. sports are weird. Yeah. Um, speaking of weird, uh, not seeing Ellen Flood uh, and Hannah Pettit, uh, who have been in our top seven uh, most of the last three or four years, uh, that, uh, you know, Georgia Tech uh, – Women's cross country has been pretty good. Um, both of them graduated. So we had uh, two true freshmen, um, as the site says, um, kind of pick up pick up the slack. So if you notice, we kind of, uh, I guess, hyped this team up as a top 15, top 12-ish team. But, you know, you lose two, uh, two experienced racers. And, and 20th is good. It's their best ever finish. Can't complain about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you also mentioned, I guess, as the adjacent sport to cross country, you did mention before we started recording that track was also in progress, uh, this weekend. Yeah. Um, before, before we move on completely from women's cross country, I I do want to shout out, um, our second best individual finish ever at nationals was Nicole Fegan's, uh, second team, all American, uh, I believe, I believe it was second team. Uh, but yeah, would be remiss not to say that. But we did have a lot of action in the first weekend of outdoor track. Um, the Jackets were at home. They do not have an indoor track, for those of you who don't know. So this is their first uh, home meet since 2019 because they didn't they didn't have any last year. Um, I don't believe they had any last year, at least. Um, so uh, so yeah, they were they were out and about. Uh, I think Akshay, my dream is I want to see a steeplechase run in person. I feel like that would be really interesting. Look, look, the Olympics are coming to the U.S. in, what, 2028, 2026? 2028 to L.A., I think. There will probably be a steeplechase in in an L.A. Olympic stadium. I think that might be the move. 
I think I just need to go watch the next home meet and not uh, and not be torn away by you know the madness of March on a Friday night. But I mean, look, Olympics home meet. There's good options all around here. True, true. But I, I would have to go to LA if I went to the Olympics, and I don't know how I feel about that. But I, I am aware of your thoughts on LAX. I'm aware. Ah, uh, that's. We should have an airport podcast too. I think the uh, we would never stop talking. I think if that was the case, <laughs> for the for the hottest takes on Philly airport, see Yellow Jacket Roundup. I, I can type those up too. Oh boy! Okay, back back to track. So, homie, <laughs> homie, how did they do? How did they do? Um, well, see, here's my thing. Out of all of our sports. Um, since I've started covering, I've been doing this beat for what, like three years now. Um, I feel like I've learned to have a really good feel for volleyball. Um, I came in knowing basketball, softball, right? Um, I, you know, learned a lot about tennis and golf from the non just leisurely side of, of the sport. But the one thing I just really don't get is college track and how to frame that like in the big picture. So a lot of what I go is off the, uh, seat of my pants um i i know their department really loves their uh communications intern uh of late and he's done a good job of putting stuff out there for the consuming public not a media guide i would like a media guide uh, if, if anybody at, at athletics listens to this bring back the media guides that would be wonderful anyways uh a sidebar over point is um georgia tech has a lot of top 25 top 12 top 10 ish uh races, uh, field events, etc. after the first weekend. My one thing is I don't really know if that's because there haven't been a lot of meets yet or maybe we're looking pretty good. Um, my new favorite tool for track is uh, they actually do a composite index similar to our cap uh, for the track events uh, through, the, uh, through the coaches association or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes out this Wednesday and uh, we can kind of frame that in bigger picture. But um, Bria Matthews, uh, who, if you read the column, listen to the podcast, you've definitely heard her name. Um, she's been uh, a couple time appearances at NCAA's uh, senior year. Uh, I think she has a double major grad degree in, in electrical or something along those lines. Um, so very, very interesting. Yeah, she's been, to, a, she's uh, been a tech forever. Yeah. Um, dating back to our we're going to demolish everyone in hurdles uh, little stretch of track <laughs> we had. I'm pulling this up. Um, so I'm kind of, uh, vocal. You're meandering small. is what you're yeah. doing. Um, also that was the men's track roster. So I'm going to have to circle back on that. But, um, Matthew's, uh, multiple podium finishes, I believe three, um, top 15 showings. Those are very excellent. Uh, a lot of true freshman names in the mix names that I don't recall seeing during indoor season, uh, in the jumps, um, in particular, Carla Duplessis, uh, Shanti Papacosta. Wow, those are fun. Um, both Very uh, foreign. top 15, top 20 times. Um, Nicole Fians, we, we've said that name probably more than anyone else on this team combined over the last three years. Uh, a top 15 time in the 800. Um, relays looking good. Uh, I got to talk about the men a little bit too. Top 10 time in the 1500 meters from Braden Collins, uh, a number seven time in the country. And then, um, yeah, true freshman Alex Thomas, top 15 mark. Um, true freshman John Watkins. Wow. 
It seems like the kids are all right. Got four in the uh, in the top ten in the eight hundred meters. Some of this has to be that there's no there haven't been that many meets yet, right? Like four four Georgia Tech guys in the top ten. Is that too good to be true? Are, are you saying that they haven't played nobody? Is that what you're saying? Is that what I'm hearing? I, I will say we did have the school out east, which is remarkably good at track and field. As much as I hate to say that, uh, at our meet, so. I think we can rephrase this to remarkably adequate. Remarkably adequate. They they they're they're good at running. They're good at jumping. Um, good at a lot of all, things that their mascot to, uh, cannot do. Good at a lot of things that their mascot yeah. can physically not do. Uh, circling back though, they have another home meet coming up uh, in a couple weeks. They'll be at Florida State this week. I am so close to finding out. Uh, here it is. I found out Bria Matthews major. I remember why this. Uh, rang true, getting a double master's in electrical and computer engineering. Uh, podcasting is a visual medium, so obviously everyone just saw me like visibly cringe when I heard double ma- the words double masters. The, uh, the, the master's in electrical and computer engineering on top of the bachelor's, it, it, and presumably one of the two, both. I don't know how that works over there in Van Leer. Um, congrats. Going to that end, is a lot. Performer in the country. That is. That's a lot of Georgia Tech right there. That that's like eight weeks of shoutouts right there. <laughs> we we've clearly let uh, someone fall through the cracks on that. So shame on yes, us. Yes, this is your fault. <laughs> I'm not taking any blame for this. This is absolutely your fault. <laughs> yeah. Well. Say a little. Let's pivot. Let's pivot. Uh, let's talk about women's swim and dive at the NCAA championships. Uh, you remember, or I remember you said they were in Greensboro once again, uh, and women's swim and dive at Georgia tech posted their best ever finish at 28th place. What, what can you tell me about what happened in Greensboro? Well, it's real interesting because nothing really that happened in Greensboro that got us all these points to place is going to show up in our cap model, which I think is really interesting. Well, that's a failure of our cap model, but not necessarily of the model itself, but of our of our lack of data sources about diving. If that, if anybody can get us a diving like team database results, whatever, that'd be wonderful. But um, you know, it, it 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 was really the diving show, and and this comes back to um, a past comment uh, that was made in passing by Cameron Hidalgo saying that they're very familiar with the boards and the platforms in Greensboro. And wow. Sure showed it, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, all, all three of our scorers came in diving events, Hidalgo with uh, third place in the three meter. Uh, I believe that's uh, a, a top tier uh, showing from our diving um, first time in 08, second time ever that we've had two, all-Americans, uh, both her and Anna Bradescu, who uh, the two of them were in the Constellation final for the platform. Uh, but first time since 08, we've had two divers uh, get uh, All-American mentions. We also had uh, Brooks Weitzer, Kenzie Campbell up in uh, Greensboro doing the swimming. They were both uh, mid-40s to mid-20s, I believe, in their uh, four, five combined events. Um a lot of swimming, a lot of big time swimming, uh, a lot of yards for Schweitzer, 500, 200, 100, back to back to back is quite a lot Brutal. when that's the first time on the big stage. So uh, props to them for showing out. But really, this was the diving show um, helping to secure their best ever finish up there. 
Yeah, and then the men are up there next weekend. I think. Yeah, uh, I, I, same place. They uh, they took the meat away from Iowa after they cut their program. So uh, take that, Hawkeyes. Uh, well, Iowa has a coach buyout to pay for soon, so um, that's you know it, neither here nor there. Problematic strength coaches don't fire themselves. True, true that. Let's move over to the tennis programs. Uh, I did not watch that much tennis this weekend, so you're on the hook for both of them. What can you tell me about what happened? Well, it's real great because there's only uh, one of them to cover this week. The uh, men had their bye week come, which I believe is pretty well timed coming, uh, you know, with this weekend. I was going to say, with about half the ACC schedule left, they'll get uh, NC State, who's uh, relatively solid, and Wake Forest, who is Wake Forest and tennis. Um, they're, they're a noteworthy, newsworthy program uh, on and off the court uh, of late. So we'll, uh, we'll see how those two shake out. But the men were, the men were at rest. Uh, the women, however, were getting the Virginia double. Um, they knocked off... Uh, Polytech and uh they they took an L to number 15 UVA so mixed bag yeah I think we kind of talked about the men doing the double of, of UVA VT last weekend and it seems like kind of the same mixed bag uh, I think the men also had the same results versus similarly ranked teams for both programs UVA and VT so I mean it's more like the pointing Spider-Man meme in this case yeah um, I, I definitely be interested to see um, the tech men's, uh, I guess, rankings, fortunes, projections for the rest of the season. Because it seems like Georgia Tech uh, women, we, I, you know, I know they knocked off a top ten NC State team last week, but we just haven't seen a ton of consistency. I guess I, I don't know. It, it's tough at the top. There's a lot of uh, meat grinder in the ACC schedule. Um, you know, Virginia's a tough team, and you kind of got to come out and uh, regroup and come out next week. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about a program that also regrouped after a tough loss to Pitt a couple weeks ago, uh, Georgia Tech Volleyball, who swept both games that they played this week versus Syracuse and Virginia Tech. The Cuse one was a very good one, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we should we should set up with uh, Virginia Tech because that's quick and easy, and it came first. Um, they bad. Virginia Tech is also a team that we've kind of had random struggles with in the past, so it was good to see us handle them 3-0, uh, 25, 17, 20, and 10, if you're counting at home. Uh, not not too much of note from there. The the, the usual suspects look good. Uh, Bergman, Brambilla, Moss, Tippett. Um, they've won 29 of their last 32 uh, including this one over Syracuse, who um, Akshay, as you know, is a ranked more top of the table team than than Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, we've been talking about Syracuse on and off uh, as a contender in the ACC since they beat Pitt last fall, uh, and they getting this right, and, and because they was in pod play, if I remember correctly, and. The thing that kind of bothers me coming out of this Q's series or accused match, it's not really a bother thing, but it's sort of an annoying fact. It's if you can beat Q's, who has who beat Pitt, then why can't you just beat Pitt? Well, the transitive property has to apply here somehow. I think Syracuse might have uh, 
how you say bamboozled everyone, considering they're currently five and seven. So those two pit wins are 40% of their wins on the season. Uh, I mean, that's greater than 0%, to be fair. Yeah, it's greater than 0%. Um, the other uh, sobering fact I think we do need to at, like, at least consider, looking at the table, you got Georgia Tech on top, 11-2, and two, Louisville right behind us, 8-2. and two. They're actually up next on the road, so uh, need, need to get a win there. That would be that give us some breathing room in terms of the AQ, in terms of the conference title, which this team is very capable of getting. But we're eleven and two. One of those wins is against Boston College, zero and eleven in conference. Virginia, one of those, zero and eleven in conference. Wake Forest, two of those, zero and ten in conference. Syracuse, one of those, five and seven. Virginia Tech, one of those, five and seven. Clemson, five and seven. We got you're you're using a lot of words to say they ain't really played nobody. Uh, looking at the rest of our schedule, we have Louisville and Notre Dame, one each against them. We missed out on a game against North Carolina. Those are the three teams immediately behind us. We lost to Pitt. We went one-on-one against Miami, and we uh, we beat Florida State twice. Uh, twice? Yeah, twice. Um, so between Duke, NC State, uh, North Carolina, Notre Dame, and Louisville, I don't know if the North Carolina game will get played, but if it does um, – the rest of our games are against the top of the table. So it's prove it time. Can I just say how much I appreciate that I've gotten you to watch enough soccer to where you say top of the table now instead of top of the standings? Can I call them uh, first division teams? Would that be enough old school baseball for you? That's not even baseball. That's soccer. It's still soccer. No, 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 no. First division, second division is classic 16-team MLB, eight teams in each division. You got your first division, your second division teams. I, uh, no, I stand by no, that. Oh, no, That's – agree to disagree. That's not how that works. That That's not how that works. Okay. Disagree with the sport historian at your own risk, and, and, and we'll talk about it next week or something. Uh, whatever. Uh, speaking of uh, ball hit bat sports, softball was also in action versus Notre Dame at home. Uh, they played another four game ACC series. They took one of the games, but I believe they lost the other three. Kind of the same problems that we've been talking about all season came to roost once again. Yeah. Um, don't mind if I do kind of check that out. We, we, we can start off with the, I guess, good. They they got another one in the win column. Those have been somewhat hard to come by, so it's good to see. Oh, that. absolutely. Um, they split the uh, they split the doubleheader. They also lost in the seventh um, on Friday, I believe, and then they lost today. So uh, one and three on the weekend. Akshay. I don't think it's uh, unreasonable to say the seventh inning has been a problem this year. The last inning of both ball hit bat sports has been a problem for both teams. Yeah, it is. It is a recurring theme. And I think I messaged you earlier this week talking about how just this keeps happening. I mean, they went into the seventh, even the game that they won. They went into the seventh inning with an 8-5 lead, and they ended up winning 8-7. It is getting a little ridiculous that they they just don't have a 
someone that they can trust in that last frame to get a three outs and get look get hitting a baseball or hitting a softball is hard catching a baseball and catching a softball is hard i'm definitely speaking as an armchair fan here like don't get me wrong but it's three outs you are up by like in one of the games last weekend they were up by seven and they gave up eight runs it's three outs Someone in that bullpen has got to be able to get three outs. Yeah, I mean, those are those are th- things that good teams have, right? And yeah, can you even can you call this a rebuilding year? Like it, it felt like we had all the pieces we were putting together. I don't think you can. I think now you have to call it a rebuilding year. You have to sort of. Use the rest of the season to retool, evaluate what you have, do a little uh, talent analysis, and see what pieces fit where. And I think uh, Morales is still doing that, right? We've seen a couple of lineup tweaks here and there. It's pitcher by committee for most of these games. It's not you know other teams that just leave their uh, leave their pitcher in for for a complete game. Um, these sorts of things are happening. Uh, there is tweaking and modification going on, and, and we're still team is still gathering data and learning, but at a certain point, I mean, we're halfway through the slate or something stupid like that. Now like it's, it's some of these data analysis things have to bear fruit. You've got to be making actual decisions off of your data. We have, I think we have enough to say we have a substantial sample size, right? I, I, I mean, there, there's like actual qualifying definitions for that, I think, but, and I haven't checked them, but sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get technical on you. I've looked these things up. I don't have them on hand, but I've looked them up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, I don't know. It's just they got to find it. They got to find a closer. They got to find a starter and closer. Doesn't matter what happens in between, but someone has to, you know, start off strong and someone has to finish strong. That's that's the deal. The bats are fine, honestly, for the most part. It's 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 the pitching. We've been talking about it all all season so far. Yeah, we, we have. Um, and I think the same thing could be said about, uh, about baseball as well. But I mean, there's been at least a little bit of movement on that. So one out of two, ain't bad. I don't, I don't know. This, this Siegel guy had a pretty, had a pretty nice day. Grankowski, we saw new faces for baseball. And I think I at least would like to not, I, I mean, we have basketball still to talk about, but I'd like to end this segment on at least a little bit of a positive note. Go for it. Go for it. Um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Brad here, quite a day for himself. Do you, do you think he's going to play into the lineup? I don't, I don't know. Uh, it sort of depends on how hurt Colin Hall is. Colin Hall was injured in, in, in today's game or yesterday's game. I, I, he was injured in one of the games um, and, and was replaced by Brad Gronkowski. Uh, and, like you said, he had a day. Um, it really depends on it, it. Really depends on Colin Hall's health because I mean, even from even if you ignore like the lineup construction part, he is still an integral leadership piece of the team, right? Yeah. Um, and so having that senior presence on the field, especially when you have other spots around the lineup and other spots around the, uh, the diamond that aren't as experienced. I mean, we're playing a lot of COVID freshmen and a lot of fr- true freshmen in some places. 
having that experience, especially with Austin Wilhite as well, it, it gives you a sort of advan- like a psychological advantage or a psychological point in your favor, in my opinion. And so I just don't I just don't know if, if Grinkowski can can break into the lineup that way. Yeah. <sighs> Fair enough. I think, I, but uh, but it, it it does bear mentioning that he had he had quite a day. He he yeah. did have a really really good outing uh, playing center field and hitting. Yeah, and and it's good to see guys step up to fill the gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I think we've we've talked enough about bat hit ball sports. So let's move on to shoot a hoop, shall we? Yeah, let's talk about the men first because they played first. So they did lose in their first tournament game in eleven years to Loyola Chicago. Uh, by, I don't remember what the score was. I'm a bad podcaster, but the score doesn't matter. Um, they played their best. They were without Moses Wright, uh, who was out because of COVID protocol. This was a, I think my main takeaway from this, well, I have two. Number one, winnable game. Definitely winnable game. Even without Moses. Even without Moses, it's it's just it, especially after the hot start. Like Tech was leading by a good, healthy margin in that first five to eight to ten minutes, um, and then they sort of let things get out of hand. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd characterize it as they okay let out of hand. I, I, out of hand is not the right way to characterize it. They let Loyola started making shots, stopped turning the ball over as much, and they sort of got back in they got into the game they played their way back into the game how about that yeah um i was gonna say that's when the fouls started raining down too oh boy okay we're (laughs) officiating was part of it was not one of my takeaways but it was a consistent thread throughout this game the other takeaway that i had is that it is criminal how (laughs) that tech had to play this loyola chicago team it is criminal they're a top ten team. I, I, I like I you. I understand like, and I'll let you finish. I understand like I, I've gotten a, I've talked about it with a couple friends, and we talked about it with a couple friends that were saying like, okay, strength of schedule. They only played a ton of conference games. Their best wins are, are against Drake, yada yada yada. But like, the way that this team played, and also it, it was backed up by the way that they played against uh, Illinois today, as they made the made it to the Sweet Sixteen, like. This is not – it's not a nine seed. It's not – they were not at all supposed to be a nine seed. And it just – like, I, I, it just sucks that Tech had to play them first at a certain level. It does suck. Well, we were the nine seed, but I, I get your or point. Eight, uh, eight, they weren't an eight seed. You, the, you get the point that I'm making. The, the biggest travesty of, well, all of this is – well, the, the, there's the personal angle of, wow, the two of the three teams I care about – just got extinguished by the other team I care about. Um, but uh, the, the most annoying part of this, at least for me, is I've been trumpeting this all year. Mid-majors and teams that nobody gives credit to, Georgia Tech is included on that list, get no credit from the selection committee, from the national media, from Joe Schmo picking brackets, whatever. When it comes down to it, I mean, Louisville, whatever. Shut up, Louisville. St. Louis. 
Colorado State should have been in over UCLA and Michigan State. Loyola should have been a higher seed. Georgia Tech should have been a higher seed. Heck, even Rutgers probably should have been given some consideration. When, but it, mm. I get where you're going with this. Like, you, you I, see I the get. Same, you see the same thing on the women's side too, where a Stephen F. Austin, who is one of the best teams in the country, easily a top 25 team, had to get a 12 seed and draw a good Georgia Tech program. They should have been a 7 with a fair 10 matchup or, or even a 6 and 11 matchup. But it, it, it just goes to show that even though basketball is vastly more egalitarian than football. Vastly. Vastly more egalitarian than football. There is still a power dynamic of, and, and we saw we saw Mr. Uh, Wildcat, um, Kentucky AD, I forget his name, basically opening Barnhart. into it on national television, saying that yeah, Barnhart that UCLA Michigan State was a draw for publicity. I swear, somebody was sitting in this room and they said, "Oh my gosh!" In the second round. We could have either the two Illinois teams, big Chicago draw, or we have the ACC champ versus the Big Ten champ. Oh, and then in the first round, we'll have Ramblers versus Ramblin' Wreck. What a great story. Like the the Lady Jacks versus Yellow Jackets. There, there's, there's the no conspiracy theories are unbound, aren't they? There, there's no mathematical proof or evidence or justification that puts Loyola on, an, on the eight line. Just like there is... Plenty of uh, argument to put Tech further up and in some in some rankings further down than the line they were on. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Look, I, I the game is over, so I don't have enough like a ton of energy anymore to fight the underseeding thing. I, I do think that they were like loyal was underseeded, but again, it just just sucks that tech had to be the first team to play them or the team to play them because man that is again winnable game winnable game even without moses Wright. but you you gotta think a little bit that if moses Wright is there and playing and playing at his usual level that is at least a closer loss if not a tight win Oh, absolutely. A- absolutely. You have the size bench. You have the, the experience to put on Crutwig. Like, I, I, I don't think that's any question. And, man, as the, as the resident person in the southeast that beats the people sleep on the valley drum, that I think we all saw that as soon as Moses Wright was out, I think we all kind of knew that we were going to see a game that looked a lot like what we saw. Right? Yeah, you, but, you move Usher to the five, or, or have to play Rodney Howard significant minutes. That is a very different look than Moses, who is already a stretch at five. Mm-hmm. And it it sort of changes the dynamic, right? You get a lot of it. Was it looked like, especially even in the middle part of the game, you had a lot of guys that were getting into foul trouble, and Loyal was doing a good job of. of managing that and driving and even some of the threes that they were hitting were just stupid they went like nine they were nine and 23 or something from three but it seemed like every three that they made from like from a good 30 feet out was was hit and it was kind of ridiculous at a certain point yeah yeah i mean 
uh, you'll you'll hear the the beat to death storyline of like oh the, 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 it's Loyola Sister Jean and and God's on their side and stuff which one <sighs> that's a whole nest that we do not need to dive that's into. That's not let's no yeah. no no we're we're a family podcast. Wait, I mean the people the people who are saying that she openly prayed today for Illinois to shoot less than thirty percent from three are just totally blowing out of proportion what she said. She said, help us rebound, which we know we can do. Uh, and they shoot poorly from three, which will give us lots of rebounding opportunities. The The point is the the 101-year-old chaplain doesn't win the game. Josh Pastner's voicemail and his face mask do not win the game. But at the end of the day, like, what what are you going to remember from March Madness, Akshay, from, from our, our all-too-short uh, Ides of March? Personally, it's the ACC title. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the game, the like being in the tournament was icing on the cake, personally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly the point I was going to get at. The, to quote John Boyce, or to paraphrase him, the NCAA tournament is a loser-making machine, even if things broke our way for a while. You got to win six games against the best teams in the country. You have to be okay with winning the ACC title, right? That was an unexpected boon. People are going to call it a Mickey Mouse title for the next year or two while they... Sucks for them. The shirt doesn't say Mickey Mouse title or have an asterisk, and I will be wearing that shirt. So, tough luck. The banner goes up, you're going to have that shirt, and you have the memory of Jose diving in balloons. We did it. Like They accomplished the goal plus some. For the year, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not complaining. I, no. I I'm at peace with it personally. I like I, it's it was sad, sure. I and there were there was questionable uh, questionable officiating, sure. Um, Loyal was underseated, sure. But at the end of the day, like you said, the goal was the goal. The goal was the ACC title. Now it's it's up to next year's team, whatever that looks like, to build on top of that. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's shift our focus over to women's basketball with the time we have remaining. Where do you want to start with this game? Uh, preferably at the beginning of the second half. Uh, it sure looked like Tech did that, to be fair. I mean, if you want to focus on a bright spot, they held a team that was pretty darn effective on offense in the first half to 14 points in the second. Yeah, it was, it was a very good second half that was in a performance that was horrible for the first half. And just to sort of set the context, right? Tech did not start out this game well at all, could not buy a basket from Lowe's. It was a abysmal shooting performance. They were down 17 points at halftime, 34 to 7 to SFA, which 34 17. Yeah, that's what I meant. To SFA, which, to be fair, 24 and 2, champion of the Southland Conference. The announcers keep kept beating this drum. They'll score 80 points and hold you to 50. They have it. They force a lot of turnovers. They play a lot of scrappy defense, et cetera, et cetera. And we saw all those things play out in this game. But at the end of the day, it, it kind of just came down to the simple fact that Tech could not hit a shot for a large percentage of that first half. 
And then they started hitting their shots in the second half and things sort of evened out. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think the announcers clued into this on halftime, even before, before they came out of the tunnel, they had to get Lorella Kupai effective. And, mm-hmm. and there were stretches in the second half where we couldn't buy a layup, uh, let alone a shot. Um, but what, what changed? Lorella Kubai scored, I think it was 10 points to SFA's 14 in the second half. Maybe maybe that was her second half in overtime combined, but I, I, SFA only added another like four in, in overtime. So point, point being, they got her into the game. They had a post presence. They had the ACC's leading rebounder looking like the ACC's leading rebounder. Oh, and this was all, by the way, this was all after she took a nasty nasty spill in the first half and hit her head pretty hard on yeah. the hardwood. So credit to, uh, credit to her. The player of the year, the pl- not player of the year, the player of the day, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I It, it just looked like that's, they came out for that second half and yeah, momentum is not a real stat or statistically significant, yada, yada, yada. But it did look like they came out of, they came out of that half with fire in their eyes and then use that momentum to keep pushing, keep clawing away at that lead. I mean, it was down to six for a while where SFA was fending off. It was playing really good defense uh, on that side of the court. Yep. And getting some, getting some really just bad bounces of the basketball go their way um, off of shots. And it just eventually, it just sort of, Tech was able to work it down, whittle that down that lead make a couple of free throws here, hit a three there, um, make play really good defense during overtime, and then they came out with a win. Yeah. Um, and I think you have to – wow. Sorry. I, I had the Texas Tech-Arkansas game on in the background, and, and the Red Raiders just whiffed the layup to end the game. Fat L. Um, rip Tortilla Boys. Um, but I uh, mean – that's exactly how this game ended, to be fair. That is the, uh, it's constant deja vu. Um, but what was I going to say? I don't think you can tell the story of this game without adding that Georgia Tech ended both the first and third quarters on buzzer beater prayers of threes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, I forget who hit the one in the first quarter. I think it was K.R. Fletcher who hit it in the first quarter. Uh, Loyal McQueen in the third quarter. Uh, both cut into the lead at least in the first quarter it was you know cut it down to seven and the third quarter cut it down to four no cut it down to six uh because the score bug was wrong six or seven score bug was wrong on that one um it was a very poor shooting performance from three other than for those buzzer beaters more or less yeah no the uh the the shooting from three was bad but what did they do in the second half they stopped taking stupid threes it was wonderful Oh, it was fantastic. You know, it's just, you know, when the fans tweet about it, obviously it has an effect on the team in the stadium. What, 2,500 miles away? Obviously had an effect. They won because of you. That's what I'm hearing. Don't, don't put that, don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. You're going to have to step up your uh, morale for the next game, I guess. I'm not your, I'm not your friend. Uh, what is what is his name? Dom, the director of morale. I love the director. Wow, what a guy! What a guy. <sighs> Whatever. Okay, I, I also think you can't tell the story of this game without talking about the ending because no, you ooh, can't. 
boy. That is uh, objectively one brutal, brutal way to lose a basketball game. Yeah, for sure. The, yeah, uh, I, I do not envy the person that missed three consecutive high-percentage shots from right under the rim. I definitely, definitely, definitely was terrified that we were going to get called for a foul and even more oh, yes. terrified that we were going to make the shot and end it on a and uh, uh, a walk-off free throw, which considering we had just blown a couple of ours, that would not have been a fun way for that game to end for us. Oh, either. I messaged so. you right before that. I was like, it's absolutely going to come back to bite us. Missing two free throws in the middle of overtime, like there's no way. That it would not. And, I mean, thankfully it didn't. But, you know, threat was there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I think we can all relax. The, the, the women really carried the week in terms of Georgia Tech sports. You got oh, women's yeah. cross country, record finish, women's swimming, well, women's diving, correction, record finish, and uh, women's basketball getting – Getting the old heart rate up. I didn't do any cardio running or biking or swimming today, but sure feels like I did. Yeah, I am exhausted. So I think we will end our wrap-up for the week, unless you have any final comments. Um, I, I really enjoy our half hours of speaking together every week, Akshay. Yes, they, they precisely, precisely half hours. I... Uh, I, uh, you know, if, if I had one day left, I, I'd just do a podcast because it would take two days. Exactly. We, uh, we exist to be punctual and prompt on our times. Uh, oh, thank sure. you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will see you all next week. Oh,